Welcome back to Our Thoughts Tonight and part three of our series on the history of the world. In this episode, we are covering the years 500 to 1066, and we will be uploading the rest of history as we record the episodes. Remember to follow us on Twitter, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Our Thoughts Tonight. Join us as we chat in a mellow mood about music, philosophy, psychology, and anything else that will come to mind. Enjoy! So we're kind of going into the 500s now. And the 500s are an interesting area because, again, as I mentioned earlier, China is still kind of split up. India, at this point, starts entering into the golden age of, of India. And a lot of science and a lot of development starts happening in India, a lot of philosophical development. I should have also mentioned there was Buddhist philosophical development in the 200s uh, with uh, Nagarjuna, too, who really like revamped Buddhism. But India, uh, there is the Nandan Empire, which gets replaced by the Gupta Empire. And they're, they're very Gupta. powerful, the Gupta yeah. So yes. Yeah, so India is flourishing. Trades flourishing in India. It's. Um, I should have mentioned this also earlier. Rome was had did have trade ties to India. It was very important. Rome also had ties to China. Very 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 small uh, tie. Trade um, marketing. China. Uh, TM. Chi- China for example. For I think Chinese diplomats reached Syria and they thought Syria was like what Rome in general looked like and they're like oh it's filled with you know desert. So. The 500s are also important because you have... Oh, my God almighty. The 500s. Bro, too much, brother. The 500s, Zach. Dude, we're, we're 1,500 years away from For now. We're very close. sake. Okay, so, so, so and East Rome is doing good. That's They're very rich. They're very... Um, you know they're they're stable enough to a certain extent. Um, now they do they do fight a lot with the Sasanian Persians, um, as I mentioned earlier. But one Byzantine Empire is Byzantine Emperor is very important, Emperor Justinian, and Justinian effectively tries to restore Rome. Him and his generals, he will conquer a lot of the West. He will conquer parts of Spain. He will conquer uh, much of North Africa, and he, he will even conquer reconquer Rome. So he's trying to restore the Roman Empire. He's like we gotta do this, and his, he has a great general uh, Basilius, but. The dream won't happen. There's an, too many invading forces in Italy, and it's just too much, and the Byzantines can't hold on to the West. Let's take a short break. Yeah. So the, so that's all happening, um, and then soon we'll be entering into Islam in the Middle Ages, which we kind of already entered, but yeah. All right. We'll be right back on Our Thoughts Tonight. Our thoughts tonight. Let's do this. Okay. So, all right. So, Byzantines has, has um, they've done a good job in trying to get, oh, I started off to mention the place of plague of Justinian in Constantinople, a lot of disease going on. <laughs> anyway, uh, also, effectively, there's a year in the 500s for a lot of historians is considered the worst year in history, but uh, whatever. Anyway. Why did they but why, why, why is that? Because yeah. the plague and there's not a lot of development going on and some, uh, some global Agreed. warming stuff going on. Um, what plague? Uh, the plague of Justinian. Um, which is uh, Justinian's the emperor that happened. There was a plague in Constantinople. It's like, it's, do we it's, know what plague it was? I think it was actually an early form of Black Death, but I don't actually remember. It's interesting though. There's disease all, all throughout this area, uh, you know, this time period. All right, so six hundreds. Okay, so what's going on? So now we can start talking about the Vikings. We're getting very close to the Vikings. So uh, I guess it's probably appropriate that I talk about Islam first. So Islam. So. Eastern, so Byzantine Empire and the Sasanian Persians are at a stalemate. They're fighting each other. They're, they're, they're fucking with each other. No one's really getting the upper hand. At one point, the Sasanians get really close. The Sasanians literally conquer Egypt. They're, they're, they're really close. But at the end of the day, they just, there's no winning uh, side. So at the, in the meantime, there is Muhammad and, and the Arab deserts 
and um, supposedly he gets revelations and you know lo and behold Islam starts to emerge and Islam is different um, it's more similar to Judaism in the fact that it's very connected to uh, state structure the first you know the, the Muslim first Muslims are a literal sort of uh, political entity so after Muhammad dies and he starts consolidating, you know, he consolidates Medina he consolidates Mecca and he starts to expand across you know the Arabian Peninsula and after him there is um, a split and I will mention this because it's important um oh i sh- i completely missed no there were okay i missed there were there were a lot of uh events in christianity too of trying to sort out what kind which kind of christian doctrine to adopt for example arian christianity was was disregarded this is all happening under the byzantines um also earlier too but um there's a lot of discussions of like which type of christianity to discuss i don't i just don't know too much about it to really go into too okay. into it yeah, but that's it's fine. going on yeah so so muhammad dies and um Abu Bakr, his uncle, basically becomes the next ruler, the next caliph, the successor. But there's a group of people who thought that it should have been uh, uh, Muhammad's adopted a son, or son-in-law, I should say. Um, and it's basically the beginning of the Sunni-Shiai split. Sunni support Abu Bakr, Shiai support uh, Ali, who was the um, Ali was the, uh, the, the his, his son-in-law. So Abu Bakr kind of so and so from him onward, you have the Rashidun Caliphate and. He kind of consolidates the Arabian Peninsula. Then you have two other, uh, these are called the Russian caliphs are considered the, the, the rightly guided caliphs or whatever. Next two are Umar and Uthman. And now it really starts getting really crazy from now on because you have a stalemate between the Byzantines and the Sasanian Persians. And out of nowhere, Arabs come in and filled with this religious zeal and um, they, they, they puncture through, um, they conquer a lot of Byzantine land and they will eventually conquer the entirety of the Sasanian Persian Empire. You then you will have a, you will also have a fourth I should say um, caliph Ali. So Ali will actually finally become caliph, but I will say that Umar, Uthman, and Ali were all assassinated. So when when Ali is assassinated, um, he's basically assassinated by um, a very devious guy you could say named Muayya, and he establishes the Umayyad Caliphate. So the Umayyads are really powerful, and when the Umayyads at their Umayyads at their extent are in the entirety of world history, they're the fourth largest empire in history. Um, at the time, they were the largest. We forget how large, like if you look at map projections, Europe's actually a lot smaller than you think. So Umayyads were bigger than the Roman Empire, Most, but a lot of it was, you could say, desert. But the way the maps work is actually confusing. But yeah, so Umayyads are, they basically conquer a lot. The Umayyads conquer the entire, you know, they, they already have the Arabian Peninsula under control. They have Persia under control, much of the Middle East. They have North Africa and they will start going into Spain as well. So that's going on there. In in China, you uh, will eventually you will have the Song Dynasty. So finally, China will start to uh, to unify into the Song Dynasty, which is they're very briefly uh, they're very brief, but they will start the Grand Canal uh, in China, and uh, I think paper making is also uh, starts to rise at this point. Um, it's kind of like a high culture society. They will quickly be um, taken over by the Tang Dynasty, and the Tang Dynasty is one of the the greatest Chinese dynasties uh, as well. They are, interestingly enough, they're interestingly enough a foreign group of people, but they become quickly Sinicized. So around the time you start also having this idea of new Confucianism, Confucianism starts being very much emerged, um, or at least incorporated much more into the, the imperial nature of China as well. It's much more directly and tied. Um, and I think around this time you will also have sort of um, like officials will start to, I, I completely miss this part too, but in the Han dynasty, and these guys will also start doing the same thing is this idea of you have to know Confucian doctrine to be a part of the government. So you will have to do pass these exams. Um, and you have to, um, be a proper Confucian to actually be in government because 
I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but you have to uphold the mandate of heaven. As a Chinese ruler, you have to do the right thing with Confucian morals or you will face the wrath of heaven and you will fall. At around this time, you also have a lot of different Turkic and Central Asian groups, so the Roran Khaganate, uh, Gurkha Khaganate also rising, and you have all these like large Central Asian powers who are uh, taken over from when the Huns were ruling. Um, where just the Gurkha Khaganate, and they will split to east and west, but um, you know it's basically a whole lot of stuff. So you have the Umayyad Caliphate, very very powerful, and they're they're in they're in Spain. Around this time, I would say Western Europe was also very, very fractured. There's a lot of uh, smaller, uh, smaller kingdoms and whatnot. You eventually start to have a beginning of a coherent sort of kingdom in France. This is the Great Tickling Plague. Is that what you're saying? The Great to what? Tickling Plague? No, no, he was fucking. <laughs> I don't know. About that. All right, so Europe is is kind of a mess. You know, the, all the Roman architecture is like rotting away. There's still some roads and stuff, but. The only thing that's really unifying uh, the West is a, a basic adherence to Christianity. And the Umayyads are here. The Umayyads conquered, uh, they destroyed the Visigoths in, in Spain, and they're, they're entering into France. And, um, and you have this new Frankish kingdom that's emerged as well. Um, it's kind of its early phases. But you will have uh, the famous Battle of Tours, where the Franks will defeat oh, so a guy named Charles Martel. He's not the king, but he's kind of a, like a lord of a house kind of person. He will defeat the Umayyads at the Battle of Tours. Again, for the Umayyads, it's like a nothing thing. But for the Franks, it's huge. They've effectively uh, repelled Islam from Western Europe. It's huge. So the Franks are very, very powerful at this point. Not really like super powerful. The Umayyads are still like very dominant, but they've, they've been repulsed. Um, they're still fighting with the Byzantines. There's a sort of like border area between them. There's a lot of uh, strings of force built between them. And so it's like kind of like, you know, uh, little, little territories here taken here and there. Islam starts to spread in general through markets and trades and whatnot. Eventually, I'm going to say just two important things happen in, in Europe and the Middle East. In the West, you will have uh, Charlemagne eventually come into play. So Charlemagne is from that, that, that lineage coming from Charles Martel. Um, and he will, you know, he will take, you know, he, he brings in the Barovigian dynasty. He introduces a lot of, um, you know, uh, Polysan education. He conquers the Saxons and, um, and forces them to Christianize. He will famously save the Pope from the Lombards and he'll be, he'll be declared the Holy Roman Emperor, uh, by the Pope on Christmas Day. And he stopped the Vikings. It, well, it's fun. There's actually a theory that he, no, 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 that there's a, there's a theory that his attacks on the Saxons caused a, a, a basically revenge by pagans. Um, I don't know how true that, that theory is, but basically there was a king in Denmark who basically started raiding Charlemagne's empire as a response to Charlemagne's brutal conquest of Saxony. And from his attacks on Charlemagne, you have basically the lineage of the Vikings who think Christianity is an, an oppressive force. It's kind of a revenge thing. Uh, but you do, yeah, you're right. You, you have the beginnings, the very early beginnings of, of Vikings uh, forming. But we're not in the Viking age just yet. But we're, we're entering into it for sure. We're we're we're, we're close to there actually. Um, so Charlemagne's very important. So he he starts like kind of pushing uh, Muslims out in, in Spain just a little bit. Uh, northern Spain starts you know have a lot of uh, like for example, there's a kingdom of Asturias in northern Spain. They're they're kind of a holdout for Christianity. Um, I should also mention um, there's an east-west um, divide kind of in Christianity. It hasn't fully really split, but there's very clearly two different cultures going on. There's the East Byzantines and the West. There is, you know, the 
you know, a pope, basically. And from what I know, the Christianity had very uh, four major uh, centers of the religion. There was one in Rome, but there was three in the East, Constantinople, uh, Antioch, and I think Cairo. But, of course, Antioch and Cairo were taken over by the Muslims. Uh, Alexandria. Alexandria, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, Cairo didn't sound right. Didn't sound right. Um, Yeah, so... um, yeah, so that happens in, in the West and Middle East. Uh, you have the Abbasid Revolution. So the Umayyads were very Arab centric. So the Arabs really ruled the Umayyad dynasty, and it, 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 the Umayyads rule a lot of different types of people. But it's just Arabs first. So a lot of these smaller groups support another group of people, and they, uh, another dynasty, you could say. They are. They also sent, uh, try to trace their descendants or sorry, trace their lineage to some sort of familial bond with with Muhammad, but. Um, they're the Abbasids. So that's called the Abbasid Revolution. They're not as large as the Umayyads, but they are very big. Some of the Umayyads do survive out in Spain. Um, so now you have the Abbasid Revolution. There's actually some contact between Charlemagne and the Abbasids. Um, there's kind of like mutual... Uh, they, they both hate the Umayyads. So I should also mention the Umayyads at one point did actually fight with uh, the Tang Dynasty in the pa- Talos River. Umayyads won, but it was such a random uh, battle. So, sorry, you said the Tang dynasty? Uh, yeah, in China. So there's actually a battle where Abbasids, sorry, the Umayyads will ally with certain Tibetan groups and Turkic groups oh, right. against Tang, the Tang dynasty, with a lot more Turkic groups. Um, I think it was actually the Abbasids. Sorry, I think it was the Abbasids. And the Abbasids will win. Uh, but it's kind of like a, it's not really an important battle. Um, it's just this random battle in Central Asia. Okay, so I guess we'll enter the Viking Age team. I'm starting to get tired. <laughs> All uh, right, uh, let's take a short break. And you can't be tired when you're no, 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 no. I, I can't take a break. I gotta keep going, dude. Yeah. We have like the world wars to go through. <laughs> like, like, what are you on about, dog? <sighs> like, I will. I have to talk about more about Korea and Japan right now. But like, um, <laughs> it, it, it's world this history. This is insane, man. This is fucking insane in a really good way. Yeah. But uh, let's just take a break. for. Let's take sake. a break and then we'll... Right. we'll I'm tired just listening, yeah. so I yeah. can imagine how they All right, we'll be right back on Our Thoughts tonight. Our Thoughts tonight. Right now it's one in the morning and we are... Where are we in We're the So we're entering the Viking Age. So I will end this, ep- I will end this section... With 1066, but there's still a way to go to 1066. So, all right, our thoughts. So, this is the last, (laughs) you like the way you said that. This is the last run before. So, 1066 is interesting because it's not only so Eurocentric of the time to end on, but it's also Anglo centric, tying it back with Elizabeth. And then next run will end with Elizabeth officially dying. Our thoughts tonight. Our thoughts tonight. Okay. So, dude, I am so tired. So, Viking Age. Charlemagne has united. Yeah. So, he's created the the, the Merovingian, almost. The Merovingian dynasty, Merovingian Empire. There's a few uh, emperors that kind of rule, but eventually his empire will split into three sections. And it's West Francia, East Francia, and the middle one, Lotharingia. So the Merovingian dynasty has split into three. East Francia will become the Holy Roman Empire slash Germany, basically. Uh, but I'm going to refer to as the Holy Roman Empire. It is not the Roman Empire. It's not holy. It's not an empire. Um, West Francia will become France, and East and Lotharingia will be basically divided up between. The like, you say the Holy Roman Empire? Yeah. Yep. So it has nothing to do with Rome. It's uh, ger- symbolically, no. but not really. Yeah. No. So, so it, it's basically so, so, Germany. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that Charlemagne was crowned the Holy Roman Emperor, but yeah. So I'm uh, I'm going to call it the Holy Roman Empire, but think in your mind Germany. So uh, that's split apart, and around these times you'll also have the Vikings. Um, Come about. So the first really big uh, attack is in Lindisfarne in, in England, Northumbria, uh, where Vikings will come. They'll, they'll, they'll sack a monastery. 
and you'll you'll enter a sort of period where Vikings um, we're saying Vikings, but it's a technical term, but it's really Danes. Danes were the main ones doing it, but they were, of course, Norwegians and Swedens too. They start attacking um, England a lot, but they also do attack France. They do attack Paris, I think, twice. Um, they do uh, raids into the east. For example, Vikings will start to settle along the eastern rivers, rivers in the east in Eastern Europe. Yes, uh, uh, that, yeah. Anyway, and that's yeah. what. That's why we have Russians. <laughs> that's why we have Russia. So, what? sorry, an ambulance. Uh, ambulance just, just showed up. up. All right. Okay, so, yeah, so yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you do have Viking settlers in Eastern Europe too, where you will uh, they will settle, they kind of rule the Slavs there, and they'll become kind of Slavicized. That's where you will you'll eventually have the Kievan Rus. They were they were basically like the river. The, I forget the, the the river followers or something like that. Right. Um, so that was with the Volga, which basically, so we're basically talking about the Ukraine. Yeah. So um so yeah, you have Vikings there. Uh, Rurik is one of the like the, the big leaders there in the beginning. But yeah, you have to, eventually those Vikings will eventually even attack Constantinople. Um, I should also mention Byzantines having their own problems with different Slavic groups, especially the first and second Bulgarian empires until Basil II, uh, the Bulgar slayer, will defeat the Bulgarians in the Byzantine Empire. That's all going on in the east. So, but the West, the Vikings in the west, um, they will, uh, you know, uh, conquer a lot of England. You know, blah, 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 Ragnar, blah, blah, Ivar, blah, blah, Great Haven Army. Um, a lot of that's a legend, but in reality, but the truth of it is, yes, a lot of uh, Vikings had come over and uh, conquer a lot of England until there was Alfred the Great, um, who would uh, defeat them to a certain extent, but of course, uh, Vikings would yeah, still be there. Um, I should also mention the Vikings did have a sort of country in England, you could say, uh, the Dane law. Of course, they also raided Scotland, they also raided Ireland, they even invaded into the Mediterranean and Spain. The um, Black and, Sea, uh, Black, yeah, of course, yeah, they will eventually sail down. Eventually, will attack Crimea, Yep, right. Um, and famously, around these times, you have a sort of three pronged attack on Western Europe. Um, you have the northern attack, you could say, by the Vikings, and this is a very Eurocentric way to view this. All right, so some you, young guy, Vikings in the north, in the south, you have Muslims, and in the east, you have um, uh, you could say proto-Hungarian <laughs> groups, uh, the Magyars, who have been Islamicized. Eventually, the Holy Roman Empire will, uh, under Otto I, will defeat the Magyars, and he will kind of create the official Holy Roman Empire there. But for the time being, the Vikings are invading. Alfred does defend him against them, but there are still more Vikings coming, and the Vikings will become Christianized. Also, I should also mention that, uh, you know, they were also explorers, so they, uh, you know, Iceland had already been visited by our Irish monks, I should, I should, uh, mention. Really? Um, yeah, they were Irish monks in Iceland way before the Vikings. They um, were Irish monks. Yeah, I, I skipped over a lot of that Iceland. stuff. Iceland. Yeah, I skipped a lot of, over a lot, but there, um, British history, like early British, like, religious history is really interesting. But, um, but yes, some Vikings will fight for the, uh, uh, Byzantine Emperor, the Varangian Guard is famous. They'll, they will, yeah, um, not, not really so much Egypt, but especially in Syria and whatnot, they will fight. Um, there's one famous one, Harold, Harold, uh, what the fuck is his name? Harold Bluetooth. Okay, so the Vikings have, uh, basically colonized, you can have say colonized, but they've explored and settled Iceland. They, they go this to Greenland, and of course, under Leif Erikson, they will reach, uh, Vinland in Canada. Um, so, uh, you know, basically 500 years, uh, practically from, uh, before, you know, uh, Columbus. Um, and I should mention that there were, uh, the Olmecs were a very significant civilization. I just I don't remember exactly their time period, but we'll get into the Mayan Aztecs uh, when they when there's their time. But the yeah. Olmecs are significant. Exactly, uh, Olmecs were yeah. pre. Right, they were before all of them in the Meso- in yes. Mesoamerica. But the Vikings will become Christianized, and um, eventually, and it's all this hodgepodge of Viking wars and whatever. You will have Canute the Great, Canute uh, the Great. I, I know you watch the show, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Canute the Great. Um, 
because of a lot of marriages and a lot of different conquests and whatnot, you have essentially Viking. You, you essentially have rulers in England descended from Vikings and whatnot. But there's always different guys, Sven, uh, Sven Firebeer or Folkbeer, whatever his name is. And it's it's the great it's it's the North Sea Empire. But but once he dies, it kind of gets split up. I didn't mention even mention the Great Schism, but I should also mention that there was a Great Schism between the the, the actual Catholic Church and the Byzantine uh, Orthodox Church um, around this time as well. You also have the the investiture the investiture conflict mm-hmm. also happening uh, around this time where the Pope. So sorry, so the Holy Roman Empire is like I can appoint bishops, but the Pope is like no, I can, and the Emperor is like I'll march armies. And he loses and stuff. And the Pope's like, well, guess what? Here's my law. 99 reasons why I'm the boss or whatever. Um, it's literally fucking 99 rules or something. Or I think it's 90. I forget. But like, it's basically just, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. So you have a sort of tension between the papacy and the Holy Roman Empire. I should also mention at this time. But going back to the Vikings, um, you have a situation where there's three candidates to become England. Uh, this is uh, years after Canute. So you have two heralds and a William. So one herald is in England, one herald's in uh, Norway, and, and there's William, um, and William is descended from Vikings who had settled on the northern coast of France and Normandy. Yeah, uh, that's northern France. And, and that's why it's called Normandy. That's why it's called Normandy, because Norman, Northmen. Um, and so the, the, it's, it's all happens in 1066, and this is where I'll end the episode off here. It's a very important year in Western history. I mean, on the larger scheme of things, probably not, but at least for the sake of this right now. So... Harold in England is like, okay, I got two invading armies. I have William coming from France, and I have another Harold coming from Norway. So he goes north first. So both Harolds fight out in the Battle of Stamford Bridge, and the Harold of England defeats the Harold of Norway. Great. He's defeated his first enemy. Now he has to rush back south because William's just landed on England's shores. They fight, and William defeats um, Harold. So William, so this is the Norman invasion of uh, England, and William takes control of England. And essentially, England has now become almost like a French vassal state. But it's also, but William's also the king of England. It's also his own personal domain. This is where a lot of linguistics kind of start happening, where English starts to get, um, English has already been influenced at this point by Danish, but it gets a lot more uh, Latin influence uh, now that the French are here. So you'll have this sort of Francophone England from now on. And it's important because we'll, we'll eventually tie back into the Hundred Years War when we get to it next episode, where you have a very tense relationship between the politicals, political relationship between England and France, where there's it's a tie between them, uh, between family and whatnot. But essentially, the guys in England now under William have really taken control. I'll leave it off there. Sorry, next episode. We'll probably start with the Turkification of the Middle East. I don't want to say just yet. Years. We haven't finished yet, so I'm not going to say it just yet. But I'm going to say it preemptively. It's been a pleasure to host this. This has been uh, remarkable to witness. Yeah, so. we still have a thousand years to go. Yeah, the thickest his part of history. Is is the- <laughs> Our thoughts tonight. Our thoughts tonight. Thanks for listening to part three of our series on the history of the world. We will be uploading the rest of history as we record it. Thanks for listening, and remember to check us out on Twitter. That knows no up or down That has no right or wrong That doesn't need a reason To waste some time with song Just like that old time Rock and roll with the easy chords And a touch of soul Give me old time rock and roll And I'll sing ba-bop, 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 ba-b
doesn't let it all hang out. That doesn't wave any flag nor have any slogan to shout. That knows no east or west. That has no left or right. That doesn't throw any stones or look for any fight. Just like that old time rock and roll with the easy chords and a touch of soul. Give me old time rock and roll. And I sing ba-bop, band. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just to write a song that won't mend a broken heart That won't woo you like a lover Or promise a brand new start That doesn't preach of rain and fire Or heed any higher call That doesn't need a reason To mean nothing at all Just like that old time rock and roll With the easy chords and a touch of soul Give me old time rock and roll And I sing ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-